following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode of NFL History, for our first player highlight episode for the month of May, Andrew and I discussed the life and career of Calvin Johnson, first ballot Hall of Famer. Calvin Johnson left pro football in his prime after a relatively short career, and we're going to discuss his his life and everything that he accomplished uh, then and since. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Happy Friday, Andrew. Happy Friday, Matt. How's uh, how's things in the uh, WNY going? Oh, it's great. Everything, life is great. Life is great. Weather is great. I saw that. Um, you know, just everything. Everything's just kind of clicking. I guess work is okay. Again, has <laughs> <laughs> its ups and downs. Yeah, I get unfortunately. Like, I'm not like bragging or anything and the boss is straight up you know say because i'm the only one who doesn't like yell at them and uh and and like (laughs) basically just just call them pieces of shit all the time and i i do my job sort of that i get rewarded with with the work that nobody else wants to do um usually so but it's it's simmered down a little bit it's uh it's good i'm finally getting my money's worth there you go i guess and it is it is becoming the nice part of uh of living in Western New York. Yeah, that much. It, a little bit. It's almost too hot where I'm ready for winter again. What is it there? Because <laughs> we're like on air quality alerts here. To oh, it's eighty, uh, eighty three actually right now, and it's so oh, hot geez. that my computer is giving me a special weather alert about how hot it is. So. Um, yeah. You guys going to be okay in that 80 degrees? <laughs> we might be. I'm going to have to put out the baby pool out in the side of my house and then flop around like Shamu in it and, <laughs> and just watch all the neighborhood kids watch, you know, just make it real uncomfortable. Um, yeah, go. it's getting a little toasty. We got to turn the air down yesterday, or the, the central air. I was so excited. Oh, oh man. That's a that's a baller move. Central air is a game changer it is it is bay um yeah can't say enough good things about central first time i've ever had it in my life so uh it beats an air conditioner that's for sure you will never ever want to go without it yeah i lived in niagara falls first house we owned had an ac and then when we moved away none of the other houses that we had had ac or central had central air we had to buy air conditioning units and they they're cool, but they don't do what Central Air does. No. They're living in partially the land that God forgot about during the summer months. AC is crucial because I don't like to step outside after about 10, 10 11 o'clock. 
Well, I mean, do it with know. AC. And we're having a nice, intelligent discussion about air conditioning. Yeah. You have to buy multiple ones. It's only really good for like one room unless you, you know what I mean? So we used to crowd it. When I was growing up, we when we got our first air conditioner system, we used to just crowd in the living room, all of us. And it just, it was just chaos, just chaos. It's funny because I passed by a box fan at Walmart and I told the kids, I was like, this my AC unit. <laughs> yeah. Back in my day. <laughs> Actually, no, I had the cool window fan with the dual blades. And then, oh, yeah, you turn it around during the day so it sucks out the hot air, and then you flip it around at night so you could get the cool air in. (laughs) That's what the wise tale was. So, that's what my mother told me to do. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, there's your AC pep talk, uh, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. It's been fun. Um, no, uh, and also, what's up? Kelvin Johnson, he's from Georgia, so I'm pretty sure he knows a thing or two about AC. I'm sure he does. Uh, yeah, so Kelvin Johnson is somebody, it's actually a Jack's favorite football player of all time, if I'm not mistaken. Our That's boy Jack. Um, top 10 at least. Top 10, maybe. He played in one of Jack's you know, 30 favorite football teams. But uh, Kelvin Johnson was great. I was actually really fortunate to uh, uh, to be like tuning in like heavily, like being really invested in pro football at the tail end of his career. And, uh, you know, like this happened a couple of years before Andrew Luck called it quits, but it was like the first one that like, I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Like I, I knew of Barry Sanders retiring early, but I wasn't a super fan yet. So yeah. when Calvin Johnson did it, it like my head exploded. I couldn't believe this. And then I grew up and the parallels between him and Barry you know, retiring when they did in their prime, it just, it just made sense. But man, Calvin was special. He was, he was special. He probably would have broken Jerry Rice's receiving yards record. I think you think so? Possibly a lot of yards. I know it's a long career, but I do was a freak. I mean, him and Matthew Stafford together, it was a freak combination. The scary thing is that to toot Jerry Rice's horn a little bit is he got all those receiving yards and he missed a year too. So that's where I'm like, did he? He missed 97. He tore his ACL in the first game, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a lot of yards. I know it is a lot. But the thing was, he I mean, he was averaging. I don't have his, I mean, average in front of me, but mm-hmm. you look at some, I mean, Calvin's stats, he got 11.6 in how many years? Eight, you know, nine seasons? Maybe. Maybe. Jerry Race is 22,895. Yeah, I might have been close. And he played 21, 20 seasons, 2021 20, seasons, 21 seasons. Oh, it's tough. More, I would say more 20 because I don't really count that 04 thing, anything special. It's tough, though, because it's the Lions. So I think if Calvin wanted to break that record, he would have had to go to another team. But yeah. but he was just so special. Um, that's for sure. I do remember like highlights of him just getting like they used to triple cover. Yes. Calvin Johnson regularly, and he'd still produce. And that's the most amazing thing um, about that Lions team is that they, I mean, they had the ultimate weapon and they still couldn't find ways to win games with outside help. Um, 
and he was also like Barry because he made Thanksgiving games with the Lions, no matter how good or bad they were, enjoyable to watch. Right. I got to admit, I once, uh, we used to get free gas at my old job and we kind of had a little fantasy football league between everybody. And I wanted Kelvin Johnson. And the guy was like, I really need gas. And I once poured gas into a guy's car just so he would trade me Kelvin Johnson for pretty much absolute garbage. (laughs) I pissed off a lot of people, but I poured gas in like 10 degree weather to get Kelvin Johnson. That's admirable. Yeah. I knew uh, I have a friend who was on the network and uh, he traded a six pack of Reds Apple A. No, he received a six pack of Reds Apple Ale for Gronk. That's in his, in his, like 2016, 2017. Yeah. Those are, those are the best trades, right? Yeah. But, but oh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's just, he was, it's one of those shocking retirements because he's, because he's there and you're watching him do all these spectacular things, all these amazing things. And then he's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm uh, I'm going to retire. And it's just shocking. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, been, it's the whole retirement thing, early retirement thing. It's a lot more commonplace. And I think Calvin, you know, uh, I'm not going to say he set an example, but over the last couple of years, a lot of players have retired relatively early and uh, I shouldn't say it starts with him. Patrick Willis is, is probably the first chain reaction. And it's every year there seems to be somebody at least decent um, retired. It was just a very frequent retirement deal um, then. So, but, uh, but all right, so let's get into his, his history. So Calvin Johnson was born to uh, his father, Calvin Johnson, senior and mother, Erica Johnson. On September 29th, 1985, down in Georgia, um, his mom is a is a doctor of education, which means she's uh, she's pretty damn smart, if I do say so myself. And but education was everything for them. All right, they were very very they were super strict when it came to sports. They knew that education comes first, um, and that he would not play sports if he did not get good grades, A's and B's. That was uh, the bare minimum, and I. I respect that. Honestly, coming from a school where like my high school, my standards for the, the standards for playing sports were so just dumbed down and low. I like you had to pass four classes in gym. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I kind of retrospectively, I wish our school would have held us to higher standards. I know they could, you know, mm. it, but yeah, it's All right, people come out of that high school. and got to go to preparatory schools for a year before they go into actual college. Yeah. No, you ain't kidding. Um, but he was huge. Uh, dude hit, uh, Calvin Johnson hit six feet in middle school, six feet tall. And uh, he was six foot four as a sophomore in high school. And uh, he did great. Varsity led him in football and baseball. He was a three-year starter as wide receiver uh, at Sandy Creek High School for the Patriots. And, uh, yeah, just some stellar, stellar playmaking. As a sophomore, 34 catches for 646 yards and 10 touchdowns. As a junior, 40 passes for 736 and eight touchdowns. And as a senior, 34 receptions for 960 and 11 touchdowns. And uh, his number was actually retired at his high school, number 81, on October 22nd, 2010. And he was one of the top 100 easily going into college. Uh, top 10 wide receiver and top 100 players uh, 
you know, to be recruited. Uh, number four, he was tabbed. So a couple places looking at him uh, tab, the number four wide receiver, number 15 player of the nation by the insiders.com. So uh, pretty significant. And uh, yeah, so he ended up going to uh, Georgia tech. All right. The yellow jackets. He played for coach Chan Gailey, Buffalo, uh, Fans very familiar with Chan Gailey, some Miami Dolphins fans, recent yeah. ones familiar with Chan Gailey. Oh, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, he played there from 2004 to 2006, and he was interested in both playing football and baseball, but his mom uh, said that he can only do one. He can only pick one just because, again, the importance of uh, academics for him. And it would just be too much. And listen, we see it all the time. We hear from college, from athletes all the time, move on uh, from, you know, D1. They go to the NFL and they loathed their experience being a college athlete. It's I, I can't even imagine what it's like, um, especially being a two sport one. Yeah. Couldn't, you know, so but he honored that he uh, he honored that. So his collegiate career. He, uh, he did pretty dang well, uh, 178 receptions for 2,927 yards and 28 touchdowns with the, uh, with the yellow jackets. And, uh, he still holds, if to my understanding, he still holds a lot of those records. Um, and he has 13, 100 yard receiving games. So pretty stellar. All right. So, okay. Here are his school records. Excuse me. Um, so he has a school record for receiving yards in a career, receiving yards in a single season, which was 1202 and 06. Uh, receiving touchdowns for a career, receiving touchdowns in a single season. He had 15 in 2006. Um, 100 yard games in a career and 100 yard games in a single season. So 06 was a monstrous year. He had seven um, 100 yard games that year. And yeah, he did really, really well in uh, it. it he had a ton of awards and honors. Uh, first team freshman All American in 04, All American in 2005 and 06. First team All Atlantic Coast Conference 2004, 2005, and 2006. He was ACC Rookie of the Year in 04, ACC Player of the Year in 06, four time ACC Rookie of the Week. He won the uh, Fred Blitnikoff Award in 2006, the Paul Warfield Trophy in 06. Uh, he finished 10th in Heisman voting um, with 43 votes. But um, he was selected for induction in the College Football Hall of Fame in his very first year of eligibility. So that's something that he has, you know, both collegially and professionally as, uh, you know, he's a pro football, first ballot pro football Hall of Famer. But, um, but yeah, he got in in 2016, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, heading into the 2007 NFL draft, he was the projected number one pick. And, uh, you know, originally he was going to wait. He wanted to get make sure he got his degree from Georgia Tech. But uh, on January 8th, he's like, nah, let's go get this. Let's go get this NFL. Let's go get this NFL money, which is surprising. But I understand yeah. that up to that date, he played by his parents' rules. He'd done the whole academic thing. and But he bypassed his senior season. And he was uh, easy choice, easy choice. Came into, let's see, yep, selected by the Detroit Lions. He had a pretty good combine. Um, but selected by the Detroit Lions first overall, or excuse me, first round, second pick overall in the 2007 draft. Um, oh my god, was Jamarcus Russell taken ahead of him? Yeah, get the no, yeah, no, yeah. Could you imagine the Raiders with him? And I think 
they still oh no oh. they traded away randy moss in this draft too i believe oh my god oh, seven yeah i think they even traded away randy moss in what this a terrible draft, draft. <laughs> so so you have you could have had lining up randy moss and galvin johnson Oh my God. I'm sick. I'm sick for Raiders fans right now. This yeah. needs to be a what if episode. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that when I was, when I was doing research and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. He came out as a, as a junior and you know, wonder if he stayed or wonder if the Raiders drafted him. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Randy Moss was traded. Yeah. During that draft year. Oh, oh. I gotta. I just gotta. I gotta look at the 07 Raiders and see. I know Jamarcus Russell's on it, but even if you don't, okay. So you you still have Call Pepper and Josh McCowan, which aren't too bad. But then you figured what you could have had was Megatron and Randy Moss, but you settled for your starters being Ronald Curry and Jerry Porter. Uh, the Raiders are going to Raider. Yeah, they most certainly did. I mean, I get it to an extent because Jamar, I mean, hindsight is 2020, obviously. Yeah. Jamarcus was a prospect, but oh my God. That's like when uh, uh, the Timberwolves took Johnny Flynn instead of Seth, uh, Steph Curry. <laughs> well, no, they, the crazy thing. Yeah, it was ahead of him, right? It was yeah. a pick ahead of him. It was. Yeah, and then they also picked Rick Rubio. So they pretty much picked two point guards, Ricky Rubio. They picked Rubio and Flynn, and then they were like, you know what? We're not going to worry about Curry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they could have had – I mean, their quarterback room's not the best, but do you really need it when you have a young Calvin Johnson and Randy Moss? Yeah. I don't know. That's – oh, God. Um. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. You, I was waiting. I was like, this was the part of the episode I was waiting for. <laughs> I'm glad we got to it uh, when we did. So it just hit me. Like, it just hit me while I was like, oh, my God, Jamarcus Russell got taken ahead of Kelvin Johnson. Yes. It's so bad. Oh, Jesus. Um, was senile. Oh, God. Okay. Um. So he signed his, uh, he signed, he held out for eight days and then eventually signed a six year deal, uh, 27.2 million in guaranteed money. He was the highest paid player in Lions history, uh, $64 million contract. So, um, so yeah, it's, well, yeah, it was up until that point. Stafford and Nadamakan Sue eventually got paid higher than him, but, um, he made his debut on Sunday, September 9th, 2007. Caught four passes for 70, 70 yards in his first career touchdown in Detroit's 36 21 win over the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he got hurt relatively quickly, though, uh, unfortunately. He had a lower back injury against the Philadelphia Eagles, but um, he got his, uh, he got a rushing touchdown against Tampa Bay on October 21st, 07. Um, but he eventually got named. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, this is where he earned his nickname from though megatron uh well uh roy williams excuse me wide receiver what roy williams nicknamed him megatron due to his large hands 
being uh, similar to that of the Towering Decepticon. So, um, so that's pretty cool. I always wonder where that nickname came from, how you just earned that nickname Megatron, but I get it. Uh, and yeah, let's see. Nickname caught on well, pretty well with fans. And, uh, and originally it was Bolt. Yeah, or no, what's this? Oh, yeah. He got nicknamed Bolt, too, because of the comparison uh, to Usain Bolt and that. But, um, but yeah, eventually, you know, there's uh, whatever. The injuries kind of help. or They don't help. They're just not very well. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he became addicted to Vicodin, actually, to help with, uh, you know, some of it, which is a, you know, thing that it's not great. Uh, but it is a painkiller in a sense, but he would just, he said he he was taking it twice a game just to get through the, uh, twice before a game just to get through it. And he was hurt the whole season, but he averaged 15.8 yards on 48 catches, uh, in the 07 season. So, uh, 2008 faced the Atlanta Falcons at the season opener and he collected 107 yards. I'm not going to go through each and every, you know, I'm not going to go through each and every single season, but um, it was impressive. And you got to consider his quarterback play at this time. He started off with like Dan Orlovsky. His second year uh, was with Dan or, you know, Dan Orlovsky as his quarterback. And I believe who was the other one? Kitna. Was it Kitna? John Kitna. Okay. Kitna. He had call pepper. Um, I those are the ones I recall, but off the top of my head, also for what 2008, he also had Drew Stanton and Drew Henson. Actually, I don't know if he threw a ball to Megatron, but those were the quarterbacks Oslowski, Kitna, Culpepper, Stanton, and Hanson. Yeah, I just saying he retired and he came back in like week 10, uh, <laughs> but he still produced like that's that's the coolest thing. Um, he still produced uh, despite all of this. So uh, let's see. Let me take a look at his stats up. So 2008, yeah, he 13. That's the year that the Lions went 0 and 16, but he had 1,331 yards and 12 touchdowns. <laughs> Gotta have a bright spot somewhere. So. Yeah. Um, let's see, 2009. Yeah, it was pretty bad, but hey, it all paid off in the end. You got Matthew Stafford, and uh, and yeah, all the coaches, everybody got fired, and yeah, they drafted Matthew Stafford in 2009, first overall draft pick. And yeah. Looking at his 08 season. Oh, excuse me, 09 season wasn't all that great. He had some injuries to deal with. Um, this is kind of a turnover year for the Detroit Lions. 67 catches, 984, and five touchdowns. He missed two games. So it was just a tough season. But 2010, um, things looked up. Things looked up for him. 2010, 77 catches, 1,120 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Uh, you know, trending obviously in the right direction. The Lions are getting a little bit better. What I said during that, the power rankings, I've heard this story with the Lions. I've heard this story before. <laughs> uh, but at the end of this year, he got awarded the, uh, he was the ranked 27th by his fellow NFL players on the top 100 players of 20, 2011. Um, 
in 2011, he was, he was just a, a, a monster. Um, yeah, they made it to the playoffs. They made it to the postseason, and uh, they lost to they lost it to the Saints eventually. But uh, Calvin Johnson had a super good season, like one of his better ones. I mean, he just the next one is way a lot better with the and uh, yardage and catches. But 2011 was pretty damn good across the board. Uh, 96 catches, 1,681 receiving yards, and 16 touchdowns that year. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, didn't Detroit things, Detroit playoff things. 2012, he signed an eight-year extension worth $132 million uh, with the Lions with a $60 million guaranteed at the time, the highest paid receiver in the league. Um, he also was on the Madden cover this year for Madden 13. Uh, he beat out Cam Newton. And 42 other players to be on the cover of Madden, uh, or Madden 13, which is, uh, you know, pretty astonishing himself. He was that dude. Everybody loved Megatron at that. I think at that point, you see the kind of numbers he puts up. He was at a Barry Sanders like appreciation for him. Um, his mother actually led like a huge campaign to get him on there as well. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so cool. He said he was that she was calling up like fifth cousins and stuff like that. <laughs> Make sure they get on there and vote. That is cool. And uh, I mean, he produced, this is one of the cool things too. You see a lot of guys that get paid and they just kind of fall apart. Calvin Johnson had a monster season in in 2012, 122 catches, 1,964 receiving yards, only five touchdowns though. But regardless, that's, uh, you know, I take those yardage, the yardage situation all day, every day. Yeah. When you're catching every ball going down the field, they're going to, they're going to cover you at some point. Yeah. Um, let's see. 2013. Let's take a look. Yeah. Really no playoff appearances, well, but he's smashing records the whole time. He's smashing records the whole time. 2013. It comes down to, he comes down to earth a little bit. Still a pretty damn good year. 84 catches, 1,492 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, <laughs> but he's breaking, he's breaking. The thing is, he, yeah, he's breaking all these like, Lions receiving records like yeah, I see him passing like Herman Moore and and freaking Flipper Anderson and all uh, all no that's well that's just a general um yeah it's a single game record excuse me yeah that was Flipper wait he uh, 329 receiving yards and what what did this, I think oh that was on October 27th against the Cowboys The Cowboys get the show. Their secondary is historically bad. Holy crap. He caught 14 of 16 passes for 329 yards and one touchdown. Oh, my God. He mossed him after he mossed got. Dude, in our retro fantasy, that's like a that's easily a 50-point day. Yeah, Flipper's record is 336 yards in a single game. My God. But to uh, kind of balance it out, Flipper went into overtime. Kelvin did it. That's fair. That is fair. Did I just read off the top five? Because you're going to be like, this is great. So the top yeah, go five, ahead. single, like single game receiving record. Okay. Blanc to Flipper Anderson. Then Kelvin Johnson. 
then Stefan Page, Jim Benton, and oh my goodness, Cloyce Box. So the Lions have two guys for a single season. <laughs> There's not a guy in the modern era like we know as passing, except for Kelvin Johnson, 2013. Flipper did his in 1989. Page did his in 85. Jim Benton did his in 1945. So remember that if we ever do the 40s, you want some Jim Benton. <laughs> and Cloyce Box did his in 1950. Okay. That's Other impressive. That's that is pretty impressive. Right. Um but yeah, 2013, he had a couple. Yeah, he pretty damn good. Uh, 2014 to move on to, and this is the year that he breaks the 10,000 receiving yards mark. All right, he clips it in the second quarter of his 115th game. Fastest player um, to reach it at that point. I don't think anybody's touched that record since. You're muted. Maybe Justin <laughs> Jefferson has a chance at that. I probably, it, I but yeah, you're right. The turnover is so quick nowadays with a lot of NFL players. It's yeah. so, it's so quick. Like how long do you really keep a guy? Uh, Jefferson's at 3000 already. And we're going on to his third year now, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's a chance there. If he improves on another, gets another, you know, well, I could have believed he went to, 1,616 yards last year. Thielen's getting a little bit older. You might start looking for him more. Plus, right. two were in 17 game seasons. That does change some things. That does change some things. Um, but yeah, 2014 was a really, really kind year to them. The Lions went 11 and 5 that year. Uh, they made a wild card spot, but they did lose to the Dallas Cowboys 24 20. Um, that year, he got named to his fifth straight uh, Pro Bowl which was the most by any Lions player since Barry Sanders did it 10 years straight. Um, finished 2014, pretty respectable. Uh, again, a little down, 71 catches, 1,077 yards, and eight touchdowns. But, um, but yeah, we're moving on to his final season. So uh, 2015, yeah, it was like uh, – yeah, we didn't know what a catch was back then in 2015. Yes. This is the one where uh, Cam Chancellor punched the ball out of Johnson's hands while he's trying to score a uh, a, a touchdown. They ruled it a touchback. It, it, it should have been a catch, apparently. But, um, yeah, it was bad. I remember I remember starting this. This is the year I really got into football. So I kind of got, in, like, this is the first year I did fantasy stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God, the Lions are so bad. They, they started off like 0-5, and, and they were just losing little, like, little victory. I mean, Arizona smoked them, but they lost a couple really close ones. And uh, it just, it just, yeah, it wasn't working for them. But uh, Johnson did cross 11,000 receiving yards in his 127th game, the fastest player to achieve that accomplishment. And he finished the, uh, he finished the year with 88 catches, 1,214 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, hitting 1,000 yard receiving mark for the sixth straight year, and uh, seventh time in his nine year career. He also got named to the Pro Bowl for the sixth straight year, but he decided not to attend. And uh, yeah, some other cool things here too. His 1,214 yards in the 2015 season are the most ever in a player's final year in the NFL. I mean, obviously retiring early does help that uh, 
does help that situation, but, um, but yeah, but uh, on March 8th, 2016, shock to everybody. He announced his retirement after nine seasons, in the national football league. Uh, yeah. With 11,619 receiving yards. And uh, yeah, he was, you know, just barely trailing Julio Jones, Torrey Holt and Jerry Rice in, in, in those, in, in that accomplishment um, based on the first nine seasons records. Yeah. But um but yeah, there was uh I mean that's kind of the it of his story. They don't really go too in depth, but the the retirement was not very good. It's like Calvin Johnson and the Detroit Lions, uh the Ford family, not on good terms until very, very recently. I I don't even know if they still are hundred percent because they I believe they sued or they asked for his guaranteed money yeah. back, which they did for Barry Sanders. Same mistake, and they pushed him away. And uh you know, this is a big deal. I don't think they really even talked. I think they said issues leading, even leading up to the hall of fame ceremony last year. Yeah. Didn't he get paid to like do his Jersey retirement or something, or I thought it was something of that nature. I wish this would have went more in depth. Let me see. Um, I just remember I got some other cool facts and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, his football career almost didn't even get started because he developed the knee condition. I'm going to try and say it. Outskit slaughter. Nailed it. Did I? No, I have no idea. I will never <laughs> try and say that again. So this is knee condition where because of his growth spurts and everything else kind of messes with you. I've actually dealt with it a little bit too, where your knees just hurt really really bad and the doctor said up oh, no more sports and his mom being the one one of those moms that you just don't want to cross was like hey don't let anybody tell you what you can't do and he pushed through the pain and he ended up he ended up getting it in his final season his ankles were so bad his wife said he couldn't even flex them really until he got treatment she said that she called them scoots because he would go for treatment at five in the morning and all you would hear him was shuffling his feet to that's, leave. That's and awful. Matthew Stafford also talks about that final season too, where he would go to him in the huddle and he'd be like, listen, any play where I got to roll right or good, get me the ball. He's like, any play where I got to roll left, don't throw me the ball. Cause his ankle was so weak on that left side that he, he just couldn't really do anything. So he was really banged up. He, he talked about a lot of, you know, the Philadelphia hit that really got to him. And then there was another big hit against Dallas and Matt Stafford brought up a good point too. The guy was so huge. Unless you just came at him full force and try to lay him out. He was going to just stiff arm you or run over you at that point. So that's a lot of it. It was a lot of body thing. And I, he says the losing doesn't get to him. And I could see maybe the losing wasn't getting to him because he really, he spoke very highly of Jim Caldwell. He yeah. Said that. Oh, I mean, I love Jim Caldwell. It was, he, they, they, what did they fire him after 2016? I believe so. Was it 16 or 17? No, it was, I think it was 2017. They went to the playoffs in 2016. They went back and, oh, no. They fired him after 2017. Okay. 
And he said that was one of the hard things that he actually cried in his office when he told him he was done that he was like, listen, man, I'm, I, I can't do it anymore. And, but it's just so crazy that he, he says that he, to us, we don't see what goes on behind the scenes, like him not being able to flex his ankle, getting the treatments, same kind of an Andrew Luck type thing where we just see him having these 88 catches and 1200 yards and nine touchdowns his final year and going, well, gee, what's going on? And here it is. He just is putting himself such on the line and going out there to play that he's just getting beat up every which way. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, honestly, like the pain and stuff, it, it could be like winning is a next, it's a, uh, I know John may used to say winning is a, a a nice deodorant or something like that. That was a quote, but I mean, all the pain would probably feel worth it if you're, you know, successful. And it's just, I couldn't, you know, even as a fan, you know, the lions, uh, you know, the, the lions just couldn't put anything together. Like it's, it's crazy to me that, and I don't, I mean, I, I'm not sure where the salary cap was at in 2015 or that time period. But it is weird that Calvin retired and they did go to the, I mean, not that they, they went to the playoffs with him, but they went the year after, like how great could that team have been if, you know, Calvin Johnson was still playing. I always, I always wonder um, what might have been if Calvin Johnson had stuck around for 2016, because they did go with Golden Tate as their wide receiver one Stafford and company. And they, they they might've lost a club, an okay one of the Seahawks, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's another like it's another mystery thing for me. The other cap in 2015 was about a hundred and hundred and forty-three million dollars. That's like that seems so little. We're over two hundred right now. Yeah. It's um where are the lions? The lions were only carrying over. No, they can't be. Nine, no, that nine is supposed to be nine hundred million. What? That's all he had available. Um, wait, no, they can't be right. Figure this out real quick. There's a carryover to the adjustment and stuff, but oh, it was a hundred and forty. You mean? Okay, I said nine hundred million. Like that was like. Like it wasn't a lot, but do you mean like 900,000? 900,000 was a okay. number and then adjustment. So, but still, though, who, who they just couldn't build a, like, right. Uh, I don't know. Stafford at that point had to have been 2015. That's he's well into his, you know, he, he's past his rookie contract. He signed seven years, though. What his rookie deal? Yeah, because that's this is before. He signed 2011. It kicked in where it was that. Oh yeah, Sam Bradford messed it up. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, Bradford messed it up because that's where offer Stafford. Stafford banked. Let me see if I can't get Stafford's numbers. Uh, Stafford's rookie deal with the Lions. Of course, they don't say. <laughs> Not even on that over the cap or whatever that that I mean Yeah, because he signed for crazy money. 
Yeah, he was six years, $72 million with 41.7 million dollars guaranteed. So 2015 is probably his what last year of that deal? Yeah. Jeez, he made bank. Yeah, he did. He was, yeah, he was the highest paid for a long time. So um, but yeah, so I, I don't know if things are all right between Calvin and, and the Lions now, but he he did I did read that uh he felt disrespected uh, for everything that he had done for the Lions that they even he would even ask for his guaranteed money back. And uh, you know, again, Colts thing, but Jim Mersey, when Andrew Luck retired, he had still some time left and he let him keep his guaranteed money. He didn't want any trouble um like the Lions historically had with their, you know, with Barry and Calvin Johnson. He didn't want that bad relationship, which I I always admired the Colts for kind of doing that. And, you know, some of these players who uh, literally gave their all till they just couldn't anymore. You know. Yeah. Plus do it leaves the door open. Yeah, always leaves the door open. It, I think that's a big plus too is, you know, maybe he needs a year off and he comes back. I know you see Gronk <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Dude, there were people, I mean, not that it was probably anything ever serious, but there were people calling for him to uh uh to come back last year, go play on the Rams when uh when Robert Woods got hurt, they were trying to get Kelvin Johnson to go win a ring with Stafford at the Rams. It was just I, people on Twitter, like nobody literally nobodies, but do you remember the rumors to him to actually go into the Raiders? No, I don't remember that. There was actual rumors he was going to sign with the Raiders. Um, I think one or two years after his retirement, because he showed up at he showed up at a training camp, mm. and that was like the big rumor is could they work out a deal to get to get him? Oh, here's Raider Raiders news from February nineteen twenty twenty. Lane Kiffin reveals he wanted Calvin Johnson. I always love these reveals years after or a couple or when stuff goes bad but yeah he was gonna come back to supposedly gonna come back to the raiders and i don't think he wanted to come back plus two i think the lions were looking for like two first round picks just for his rights i think nobody would even want to do it no maybe if the lions were normal they're such a bad franchise <laughs> they're such a bad franchise i think it's turning around for them just saying i, I same old song and dance man no nah, it's different dance. it's different now heard it a million times it's different Two now coach comes in i heard it for jim schwantz jim caldwell i didn't have any hopes for matt patricia um oh, i knew that was a bad hiring from the gate uh, who was the other guys when wayne fonts was there the Bobby Ross thing I thought was kind of stupid. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. Lions have had a great draft. They're going to do something great here. And then right down the crapper. So <laughs> until they make it, I've seen them in the NFC championship game. So until they get past that point and make it to the Super Bowl, they're the Lions. They're just going to be the Lions. Or if they have to improve each and every year, they're always going to be the Lions to me. Yeah. Well, you know, we can't all win. We can't we all, all win. We all can't be the 72 Dolphins. Shut up. Anyways, uh, 
<laughs> that is a wrap, everybody. Um, Andrew, who are we talking about next week for our NFL history episode? Well, we I'm going to go with another great wide receiver of the late 80s into the early 90s. Uh, man, this guy, you could probably put him up there with Jerry Rice and make an argument that he was probably the best wide receiver at that point. I'm not saying he was, but you could definitely make an argument. Uh, Mr. 100 catch man himself, Sterling Sharp. Oh, that should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. People have some good things to say about Sterling Sharp show. So um, that should be a fun episode to do. I'm looking forward to looking into him a little bit more. I remember him from my early days of football, but uh, his career uh, went came and went way too quick. But that is a wrap, everybody, on this episode, this week of, uh, of, of episodes for us here. Make sure you tune in next week. Remember, five days a week, every single week. Subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us to and find us on the Facebook page. Come and get interactive. Uh, we got daily videos and so much more. Uh, come check it out. But thank you so much. And on behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. Yeah, spot. Look at the end.